Gaggle podcast, where we bring you inside the newsroom to talk Arizona politics beyond what's in print. I'm Michael Squires, the politics editor at the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. And joining me this week at our Arizona Capitol Bureau are... Aliyah Rao, legislative reporter. Dan Nowicki, national political reporter. Yvonne Winget Sanchez, state political reporter. This week on The Gaggle, President Trump could soon end a program that has shielded from deportation the young immigrants known as Dreamers. What does that mean here? And political prognosticators see an even tougher road to re-election for Senator Jeff Flake. But we start with former Sheriff Joe Arpaio, who received a presidential pardon and is now making noise about getting back into politics. Yvonne, you spoke with him that night. Uh, What is your take on that? Is he getting back into politics? I seriously doubt he's getting back into politics, at least in any serious role like Border Patrol, czar or running again for some office like senate there's no way he's 85 years old i asked him point blank if if he thought he'd do this he said well you know if the president calls people say you can't say no to the president but i'd probably find a way his wife also i don't think wants him to re-enter political life she um just celebrated her 86th birthday i think they probably would like to spend their time together overlooking the lake in fountain hills so you were in the den with him there as, as, uh, that night, like just hours after he found out that he was uh, off the hook? What, what was that like? What was, he, what was his response? Was he elated? Just take us there. He was same old Joe. I mean, we, he let us into his home for about an hour. By the way, they have the biggest television I have ever seen with movie-style seating for him and his wife. It is a huge television. Side note, okay? But we spent a lot of time in his study uh, with his attorney, Mark uh, Goldman, and he he was pretty blasé about the whole thing. I mean, he was very thankful for the president for sparing him what could have been uh, six months in jail. Uh, He seemed relieved, but he didn't seem maybe overly elated or he wasn't putting on his dance shoes to go celebrate, you know, on the dance floors in Fountain Hills. He was just uh, pretty, pretty... Typical Joe, so. Oh, the dance floors of Fountain Hills. That really, <laughs> that really paints a picture for me. Uh, so he wants to clear his name. Uh, what, what does that mean in this sense? He's been pardoned. He was facing uh, six months for ignoring the judge's order to stop the immigration patrols that were found to have racially profiled Latinos. So there's your kind of background information on this. But he wants to clear his name. What what does that mean when you've been pardoned? Well, it sounds as though he wants his record wiped clean. He wants to, like, go back and undo that conviction. And it sounds as though you can't do that. I mean, this is is the process. You can be pardoned for your sin, but you can't erase the sin altogether. This isn't, like, confessional, I guess. Uh, Paul Charlton explained it to us. He's a former um, U.S. attorney. He explained it to us today. And he essentially said, you can't undo the conviction, but he's been forgiven. He doesn't have to serve the time. So uh, I, I, it sounds as though we're in uncharted territory. I, no, nobody seems to know how this is going to play out. Can you wipe the conviction? Do you care that you even wipe the conviction from your record? I mean, at this point, everyone essentially has made up their minds about what they think he's done. So we, we looked at some of the th- ways that there could be fallout from this beyond the immediate legal case. And Leah, you, you looked at one of them, one involved the judiciary. What did, what did, what were people saying that they thought could be the fallout from this pardon? I talked to Paul Bender, who's a longtime ASU legal professor and kind of an expert in constitutional law. And his concern or his, his question was kind of what impact does this have on the rule of law? 
you now have a president saying that here's a man who, according to the courts, went against an order of the courts, and we're going to say that's okay. We're going to issue a pardon saying that's fine. It's okay to ignore the court. So what does that mean at a higher level? What does that mean when somebody else does that? And his concern is it could have a significant chilling effect on the legal system. They're supposed to be, you know, separate and equal executive, legislative, judiciary. And he said, we're not seeing this. This was kind of a, you know, push against that, those three equal groups. Dan, you looked at uh, maybe some political fallout from this or, you know, maybe other pardons that could come forward. Right. Well, well, certainly this is going to become part of the messaging in the 2018 midterm elections and certainly in states like Arizona and Nevada, probably Southern California as well. States uh, in congressional districts where there's a large uh, Latino population, they're going to start hearing a lot more about Joe Arpaio. Obviously, Arizona, we all know who Joe Arpaio is. If they don't know who he is by now in some of these other states and districts, they're going to learn more about him in the coming months. You can almost count on at least a, the Democrats using it as an issue, if not, uh, you know, to, it remains to be seen how effective it will be in terms of turning out Latino voters. And when you talk about Joe's political future, that's something I think Dan and I probably, we could you could see Joe hitting the stump for this candidate or that candidate or giving money here or there from his pack, but I don't necessarily see him actually taking office. So I, I would expect to see him through the midterms. Does this tell us about how liberal Trump will be with using the pardon power? I mean, we wrote that this is extraordinarily early and, and kind of an unusual case for a president to pardon. Well, it's certainly a clear signal that he's willing to pardon people, you know, convicted of crimes just simply because they've been loyal uh, Trump followers and supporters. And given all the Russia investigation that's continuing to go on, it's sort of a clear signal that Trump's going to be willing to uh, pardon people close to him uh, in that investigation, too. So something that came out of the protests of, of President Trump's visit to downtown Phoenix uh, last week was a bill. Aaliyah, you wrote about that. What does this state lawmaker want to see happen? So this is State Representative Jay Lawrence, and he wants to introduce a bill. He said he will introduce a bill when the session opens in January that would ban the use of any sort of facial coverings during a protest. We've already heard from the ACLU who said... This is completely unconstitutional. You'd be violating First Amendment rights by saying you can't wear something during a protest. We'll sue you. But this is Jay Lawrence, and he usually doesn't run from controversy. Last session, he's, his favorite bill was probably the uh, bill that would make it legal to shoot rats and snakes in city limits, which got a lot of attention. So even though we're hearing legal threats already on this, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes ahead and introduces it. We've seen legislation in other states that's similar, but they've come at it in different ways, and that may be a way to kind of get around the legality of some of it. Um, a couple of states have actually said you can increase the penalty of a crime if you're wearing face covering when committing a crime. So in that case, if you're at a protest, you're wearing a face mask, and then you commit a crime, then you could face a tougher penalty, and maybe that would be sort of a backdoor way to get at it. Did we see a lot of masks at the protest? I know the, the Guy Fox mask used to be sort of a emblematic of the far left. Did well, I saw several people wearing um, scarves and covering 
most of their nose all the way up to their eyes, probably trying to avoid potential gassing. But a lot of people did have their their um, par parts of their faces covered. Is this an Alec-inspired bill? Because he was at the Alec conference, and I wonder where he picked up this idea. I don't know. The, uh, as far as I know, we haven't seen any official Alec model legislation of this, but it's definitely one of those ideas of, you know, there's kind of this idea out there that you have the Antifa group and they're the ones who are wearing these masks, the anarchists we saw, you know, even before the Antifa stuff in Portland and in some of those places consistently showing up with faces completely covered. So there's definitely a running commentary out there that this is the far left or whatever word they want to use to describe it and coming after that. Now they say, no, this would also, you know, prevent the KKK from wearing face coverings, anything like that. But as we saw in Charlottesville, most of them were not wearing face coverings. Now that they've been outed, maybe, maybe we'll see that now and it would impact both sides. But for right now, I think it's more of just a conservative conversation starter. Have we seen a tiki torch bill? We have not, but I will definitely let you know. I'm sure some Democratic lawmaker would be happy to introduce that. We'll let you know if we see it. President Donald Trump is expected to decide the fate of DACA. That's the program that shields from deportation the young immigrants who are brought into the country illegally as children. Aaliyah, what's, uh, what's sort of the, the view from Arizona on this? This is one of those where I think, you know, we in Arizona, the people in Arizona feel like, okay, our pio has happened. We've, we're taking a breath from that. Trump was just here. We're taking a breath from that. And yet we're already gearing up for this next decision that could have significant impacts in Arizona. There are a lot of DACA students here in Arizona. A lot of them go to ASU, live and work in Arizona. We're seeing organizations already start to organize and kind of gear up and, and prepare for whatever comes from that. And that's the big question is, is what and when would we see something, if anything? So, so nearly 28,000 people in Arizona have DACA and 790,000 nationally. And this allows them to not only be protected from deportation, but they get a work permit and they can get a driver's license. Basically, they can function as they could if, you know, if someone with a green card. Um, if uh, this is brought about by 10 states who have sued, is Arizona one of them? Arizona is not one of them, but it's, it's state lawmakers from 10 other states. And what they've said, they've kind of given Trump a September 5th deadline, I believe, to make some kind of decision, some kind of change to this policy that they want to eliminate. And Trump has kind of been all over the board with this one. During the campaign, he kind of said, oh, this is a terrible thing. We should get rid of it. More recently, he said, well, it's not so bad. We've heard some chatter about maybe he would put some sort of an end to it in which new DACA kids could not apply, but the ones who were already in the program could stay, essentially kind of phasing it out over a number of years. And we'll have to wait and see, but uh, the lawmakers have said they will fire the lawsuit if something isn't decided by September 5th. So Yvonne, this would be done by the Attorney General, uh, but who usually takes direction from the state's chief executive, Governor Doug Ducey. What has he said about DACA? So far, on this issue specifically, he has not commented. We'll be reaching out to him. But remember, he has continued to press this lawsuit uh, over 
former Governor Jan Brewer's executive order, which denied driver's licenses to DACA kids. This order came down in 2012. Um, They've been sued over it uh, by the ACLU, and a federal district judge ordered that it be blocked, and this lawsuit has continued. Brnovich has continued to pursue it uh, on behalf of his client. His client is Governor Doug Ducey. So he tries to play his word games and duck and roll when we try to press him on how he feels about this lawsuit and why he's continuing to pursue it. Um, I expect him probably to do the same thing on DACA students. He likely will talk about the um, benefits that he sees them bringing to Arizona without actually taking a position on what should happen next. Dan, so there, there's been some talk about DACA being a bargaining chip for President Trump. This lawsuit or looming lawsuit seems to kind of get in the way of that. But the thinking was what? That he could use DACA as... Well, right. Uh the, the theory was that he might use DACA or the DREAM Act as a bargaining chip in order to get funding for his border wall with Congress. Lots of Republicans in Congress have been uh, critical of DACA, but there's some support for doing it legislatively. They didn't like the way that President Obama enacted it by executive fiat, but there is some support for possibly doing it you know, through a bill, through legislation, uh, through Congress. So possibly, uh, we heard Senator John McCain mention in general that he thought you know there are a lot of deals on immigration possible as they move forward with the border wall so that's that's one idea that's come up that maybe the administration would say hey fund our border wall and maybe we'll give you something like a dream act will a lawsuit allow that to to still happen well i think through legislation sure So the conventional thinking about Senator Jeff Flake is that he's in trouble as he runs for re-election, and some of the people who watch that race said he's in even more trouble. What's going on? Well, we've been writing since last year that uh, Jeff Flake's decision not to endorse and to continually criticize his party's nominee, Donald Trump, kind of backfired on him, given that Trump wound up winning the election, and Flake is now in his own re-election cycle. So it's not really news that he's been struggling a little bit in the polls. But what is news is that the political handicappers in Washington, D.C. have sort of taken notice of Flake's troubles, and they're downgrading the GOP chances of holding the seat. Uh, One of them actually changed it to toss-up in Arizona. One changed it from leans Republican to tilts Republican, which is kind of a minor shift in favor of the Democrats. But the thinking is Flake is struggling in the polls. There, there were two polls recently that showed him trailing Kelly Ward, the former state senator who is his best-known GOP primary opponent, and with Flake taking shots at him, you know, right at left at will. Uh, I think these uh, kind of these political an- national political analysts are saying like, well, you know, maybe that's not as safe a Republican seat as we thought. Kirsten Cinema, uh, congresswoman from the Phoenix area under a lot of pressure from national Democrats to get into the race. She has not officially announced a candidacy, but if she did come in to the race, the idea is she's going to be well-funded, and that's going to uh, put more pressure on the Republicans to make sure they pick the right candidate in their primary. So the more that Trump has attacked Flake, the more you've seen establishment Republicans in the Senate sort of come to his aid. You saw the Senate Majority Leader run ads on his behalf like the day before right. the rally and then Joni Ernst you reported today is 
is going to be coming to, is, it, is that going to be a pork barbecue? Well, I, I think you're right. The, uh, the GOP senators, the, the conference there are kind of siding with Flake. The National uh, Republican Senatorial Committee, which is led by Cory Gardner of Colorado, they're siding with Flake against any challengers that, that might come up. Mitch McConnell, as you mentioned, is already running ads against Kelly Ward, uh, his opponent. So uh, it definitely seems like the instinct of the GOP senators is to like stand by their colleague, even in spite of the Trump attacks. Joni Ernst kind of considered a, a rising star in the party. She was mentioned as a possible possible vice presidential candidate uh, last year. And she's even been mentioned as a possible future Republican presidential candidate. She's a, a veteran. Uh, she's conservative from Iowa. She's able to win Iowa, which is a you know swing state now. So it could be a boost to uh, Flake's coffers, at least. Uh, she's going to be headlining a Women for Flake event. I guess that's my question. D- does, like, McConnell and Joni Ernst coming to your aid help you or hurt you? I mean, financially, certainly could help. But, like, d- d- you know, that's associating with the establishment. That seems to ignite the... Uh, the kind of far right. Yeah, it's, it's not going to help you with the people who are like Kelly Ward uh, or probably even Donald Trump. But as you mentioned, it, it does help you with the money. And, you know, in Flake's defense, the campaigns haven't started to run yet. And you're going to see a campaign between him and, and Kelly Ward. And Flake's going to have a lot of money to get his message across. For our final segment, what are you watching for this week, Yvonne? I want to see if the Save Our Schools Now Arizona group is going to get enough signatures certified to throw this thing on the 2018 ballot. This is the referendum on the school voucher expansion law. Damn. I am continuing to follow developments in this topsy-turvy emerging Senate race. Aaliyah. We're watching for the DACA decision. We've already got groups in Arizona gearing up. I assume we will see some protests if things get too serious, and we'll kind of wait and see. That's it for today. Thank you for listening to the Gaggle Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at MG Squires. At Aliyah Rao. I'm Dan Nowicki at Dan Nowicki, just like my byline. And I'm Yvonne Winget at Yvonne Winget. Thanks to the politics team and also our producers, Kayla White and Jojo Huckaba. Please subscribe to the show and review it on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or Google Play. We'll see you next week.